1: Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show lined up for you. Today we're talking about winter. Oh, it's cold outside. It's getting cold out there. It's the middle of winter and uh, winter solstice is around the corner. So uh, we were going to give you some tips on how to stay warm this winter and save energy. And money. Well, money is obvious because energy costs money yep you save your uh save your pennies yeah if you listen to this show
2: well i'll tell you what that the one thing i'm thinking about right now is how to stay warm it is cold 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 in the pacific northwest and uh staying warm and doing it without spending a whole bunch of money right is is a very good idea it's not it's not a, a, a solution for every situation but these are things that you can do and some of them that you can stack together to make a difference. Like not everything is going to uh be a, a f- Yeah, there's not one heat. thing. Yeah, and you're not just going to heat your house for free, but these are things that will save you money and are things that maybe aren't top of mind. Sure. I'll give you the number 1. Should start what, off right at the, the top? The number the top thing. What is the, the number 1 thing you can do?
1: To you can heat. stay warm without spending money. It's a uh, it's essentially it's free. Costs you nothing. Wow. And it will keep you very, very warm. All right. You want to know what it is? I do. Put on a sweater. Put on a sweater or a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Or wool, wool socks? Yeah. That
2: is, uh, not a bad I'll idea. tell you what, layering in the wintertime is uh, definitely the number one solution. Nobody wants to, nobody really wants to bundle up, right? They want the house to be warm uh, without having to do that. But we have to be thinking about our pocketbook and just not running the furnace on full tilt all the time in the winter because
1: it's tempting to do well, it. Well, and there's a lot of reasons not to. I mean, you're running your furnace full blast. I mean, you're wearing the furnace down. So, I mean, why run it more than you need to and you're heating rooms that you don't need to heat? That's for sure. So that's uh that's actually a, a very good tip right there. It's
2: costing you a bundle. Yeah. One here's one really good tip. If you're heating the house and there are rooms in your house that you're not using regularly, go into those rooms and close the heat register vents so that you're not piping heat into those rooms and then make sure those doors are closed. If you have large gaps underneath those doors into those rooms and you're not using them regularly, you can fill those gaps with a towel or maybe you could use a a pool noodle. A pool noodle. Cut it in half. And like a then a bright pink one. Cut it in half again and, and stuff it underneath there. Uh, anything that keeps the draft from coming out of the room that's now cold because you've closed the heat register, that will save you money and you won't be heating a room that you're not using.
1: Yeah. No, that's a really good tip. I mean, I'm sure, I am sure that a majority of our listeners have rooms in their house that they, they never walk into. There's no question about you it. You know, some old storage room or old something, but heat is pumping in there unnecessarily i mean it, it saves energy yeah we're going on 15 years in the house that we're in and
2: over the last 15 years my two little girls have become two big girls and they're out of the house now
1: older you don't want to say big oh yeah
2: older <laughs> anyways my older daughters have moved out and so their rooms sit unused and uh it, it wouldn't make sense to be heating those rooms so this is a this is a tip that I would employ if
1: I didn't have space heating in my home. Yeah, your house is a little different. Why don't you tell everybody how you heat your home? Because yeah. it is unique. It really is.
2: Uh, we have space heaters, and there are s- just one space heater for a small room and multiple space heaters for larger rooms. But each of those space heaters has a thermostat that's with it. And so if you're in a room and spending time in that room, you can heat just that room you can turn it up to low you know on 40 or 45 or 50 degrees or you can turn it up high crank the heat in there but if you're not using that room just turn the thermostat off and uh and that wall or space heater cadet heater type thing um will not be working
1: yeah that's really smart because i mean and you probably save a ton of energy in the winter because you guys hang out probably together in the living room or in the kitchen so you could just have to heat those two rooms. that I feel like that really is the case. It was uh, the house that I
2: live in now, that 15 year old house is in Adair home. and Adair does a really good job of building a tight envelope. And so the way that my house is and the way that it is facing, I get uh, I get good sunlight during the day, but it's tight and so I don't have a, it's not a drafty house. So it really holds the daytime heat through the night. And uh, it allows me to not have to
1: heat as much. And so space heating actually works in my home. And, uh, you know, there's a word for that. It's called solar heat gain. Solar heat gain. Solar heat. So if you have uh, a mass in your home, uh, any sort of uh, anything that absorbs heat. Like the couch. Yeah, like the couch. Or the carpet. As the sun comes in, that's actually a tip on my list is to open the shades open the blinds, let the sun in during the day. If you're there, you know, you can have all of that sun cooking all of the things inside your home, warming them up. That's called solar heat gain. And when the sun goes down, you close those shades. You know, you have big curtains you can close. That keeps the heat in and all of those things that soaked in all that heat during the day emanate heat through the evening. And keeps everything warm, and it'll actually reduce your energy costs. Yeah, that, and I'll tell you what I
2: can speak from experience that works. We actually years ago went out and got blackout drapes because in the summertime we want to keep the house house from heating up, so we'll close the the blackout drapes during the day in the summertime, and and keep the the heat from coming in during right. the day. In the wintertime, those are heavy-duty drapes because they have to be in order to keep the light and the heat from coming in. They also block cool drafts that are coming from the window. Now, you can go up to a cold window in the wintertime, and you can feel the cold aura around the window, the cold area. That does not mean that you have a leak in your window. It does not mean that it's not properly trimmed or insulated it doesn't mean that i mean unless it's a triple pane window it's going to have some
1: hot and cold transfer through that glass well even a triple pane window i mean you're only getting down to like a what a u4 which on the opposite scale of R value it's still only like an, an r7 or something it's very very low compared to the r28 (laughs) <laughs> r25 that's in your walls right so you have this beautiful insulated wall and then you get to an opening with an r7 right so it's it's inherently going to be colder right a draft window does not necessarily mean that
2: it's not installed properly It doesn't mean that it's got a well a hold leak. on there hold but on it, there
1: you used an interesting word there you said drafty oh yeah well you're right i
2: did say drafty which is why i said aura the first time so that (laughs) you would understand that if you get close to a window that's cold yes in the winter time that is not uncommon we can talk some more about that actually drafty. we need to cover drafty though but we got to take a quick break you're listening to tony and Corey, your weekend warriors and we'll be right back
0: Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, if you haven't already, go check out all of our uh, social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we're at www.home show. That's our handle, at www.home show. Or you can go to our uh, website. You can go to par.com, p-a-r-r.com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link, and uh, both Tony and I's information is there. Our email addresses are on there if you want to email us questions or comments. Uh, we're weekendwarriors at par.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can go to our own website, which is www.homeshow.com. That's right. We would love to have you go check out all of our cool YouTube uh, how to's and and just all kinds of cool stuff on there. Absolutely, you see how ugly we are <laughs> today we're talking about ways to keep your home warm, ways to stay warm without spending top dollar. well, you know, Tony, I added to my list I created a list today and it there are some uh there's some items on here that will cost top dollar, but it's in you know it's it's the idea of saving money over time or having your home feel more comfortable. To some people, spending money to to feel comfortable is worth it to them. You know, because in this day and age, when somebody's in buying a new home, a temperature swing of two degrees is unacceptable. <laughs> you know, they can be in their living room and it'd be, you know, 70 degrees and they walk into a back bedroom and it's 68 and they think it's, it's freezing. What in the world is yeah, going what on What is going on here? Yeah. So, Comfortability is a big deal to a lot of people. It's relative. It is. It, it's totally relative. And to me, personally, I put a sweater on. You know, I put on warm uh, pajama pants. You know, I'm not that guy that, that cranks the furnace up because I was raised that way. You know, my I would get slapped down if I touched the furnace. <laughs> so... That's just the way I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like to bundle up, too. I
2: like to wear a hoodie. It's comfy. and I like to be comfy. But I keep, in my house, we have blankets. We have bl- stacks of blankets. We, there are blankets available all over the place. And I, lo- I cut up with a blanket every single night in in the
1: winter months. Absolutely. Me, too. I, I love to have a blanket. Here's a, here's a quick tip it's, for and you. And it's cheap. Turn your furnace down and buy an electric blanket. Electric blankets actually use quite a bit less energy than your furnace does. And it's an immediate heat source on you rather than heating up, you know, a 1,800, 2,000 square foot home when you're only inhabiting 20 square feet of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a really good tip.
2: Uh, Here's another little inexpensive tip. You know, at the store, you can get these little uh, disposable hand warmers. Have you ever seen those or yeah, have They're those like fifty cents in your pockets. Yeah, four for a dollar in some in some cases. I'll tell you what, a uh, hundred dollars worth of uh, instant hand warmers would go a long ways. <laughs> put them in all your pockets. Yeah, in your shoes. Put them in your
1: slippers. Line the couch with them one, and lay down on them.
2: One, one in your hat. Yeah. I
1: think that that's probably that's a bad idea.
2: I think it's a good idea. You know, you will use them for lots of things, not just to stay warm at home, but if you have to go outside or if to spend some time outside, if you're going Christmas tree hunting or, you know, whatever, it's nice to have those at the house. Reach over, grab a few. They're inexpensive. Put them in your pockets. Keep your handies warm. Your handies. Your handies. Hey, handies. Your handies. <laughs> uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about kind of the difference between having a cold space around a window in the winter time
1: and having a cold draft that's coming from a, right. From the, a, a window right a draft is a totally different animal and what we mean by a draft is so when you turn your furnace on uh a nor- say you have a normal you know forced air heated home like i do And when you turn that furnace on, you're creating a negative air pressure in the house because you're actually pumping heat, you know, exhaust out through an exhaust vent pipe that goes out. So you're drawing, you have to draw fresh air in from somewhere to replace the air that's going out. It's the same thing when you turn on your your bathroom fan or your uh, stove vent, you know, all of those things draw air out and it has to be replaced. Well, in the winter time it's extra noticeable because when you turn your furnace on, it's sucking air out, so the air that's getting replaced is coming in from the easiest possible source. So if you have leaky windows or bad weather stripping, it's going to come in around your doors and windows like that and it's going to be cold and you're going to be sitting on the couch and you're going to feel physically feel a draft. Same thing when you have a fireplace. If you have a fireplace that you've lit a fire in, instead of having, like, say, a stove, like a wood stove or a pellet stove or something like that, uh, that's controlled, what you're doing is you're drawing heat, air out of the house right up the chimney flue. I actually have a crazy story about this. (laughs) I think I've probably told it on this show several times. but. It's drawing that air out and it has to be replaced. I mean, it's physics, right? You take air out and it's got to come in from somewhere. So when I first bought my, when I bought my first home, me and my wife, we'd had a cozy little fireplace in the front living room and we loved it. We we thought to ourselves, oh, this is amazing. We'll go buy firewood and we'll have ourselves a cozy, cute little fire in there. Well, we did that one day. Got wintertime, got cold out. We created a little fire in there and we forgot to turn off the furnace. Well, we didn't know at the time that we had to, but the furnace kicked on and the fire is sucking air out the other way. The, fir- the fire is pulling air out that way, but the furnace won. And all <laughs> of the smoke started coming back down the chimney and filled our whole house with smoke. Oh, the furnace was pulling harder than the fireplace, <laughs> huh? Exactly. So, I mean, it was a lesson to us. We just didn't know uh, about how all that stuff worked, but it is really important uh, to create a fresh air source if you do have a fireplace, but honestly, they're not very efficient. A fire, just an open fireplace is terribly inefficient. You know, if you want to have a good heat source using fire, then I would suggest a a wood-burning stove or even a pellet stove. Interesting. I mean, the
2: concept of having a burning fire in the house, obviously because cord wood whether you're sourcing it from your own property or buying it from somebody is, uh, is seemingly less expensive than uh, than paying the the power company to heat your house so i i understand that but what you're saying is the money that you are spending on the wood or the physical energy that you're expending on getting the wood is not as efficient is not heating as efficiently yeah. as your furnace would.
1: Well, and like I said, in that little situation that we had, where it was just just a fireplace, you know, in a in a home in a small twelve hundred, our first house was twelve hundred square feet, and when we burned firewood in there, it literally just heated that room, and every <laughs> yeah. other room in the house was ice cold yeah. because we had to turn the furnace off. Yeah, interesting. You know, I mean, there's other things you can do. You know, have fresh air. Uh, vents which probably should have been there fresh air vents either in the floor or right next to the fireplace to allow it to draw from those from those rather than the giant know, like... hole in the
2: roof <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah <laughs> it
2: does seem like what wow, what a what a rude awakening that must have been
1: <clears throat> it really was we didn't have any idea what was going on that's but crazy figured it out pretty quick yeah <laughs> so anyways uh i would say that uh Fixing a draft, I mean, it. Well, I think what you're going to say is fixing a draft, and we need to talk a lot about this because there are many, many reasons for having a draft. You know, when you turn that furnace on and it's drawing air out, where's it replacing it from? Right. Is it coming out of your crawl space? So every crack and crevice around the corner of, of your house or through the, the carpet or around your uh, uh, furnace air vents around the windows around the doors there's a lot to be said about air sealing and we need to cover all of that stuff
2: yeah that is a very deep well of information and uh, it will take us a little while to get through it but hopefully by the end of it you'll have a a better understanding of how uh, air is replaced from wherever it's coming from and if it's not conditioned before it comes into that space it's likely to be obvious because it's likely to be cold we gotta take another quick break when we come back More ways to stay warm in the winter. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your Weekend Warriors. Don't go away.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now. Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors
1: Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about saving energy and staying warm in the wintertime. It's uh, winter solstice is almost upon us. I know it's next how, week, right? I know I don't know. That's a good question. I,
2: I I don't know. But I do know this. I know how Luke Skywalker stayed warm. And it didn't cost him nothing. <laughs> he I'll tell you what, you, Han, you, Han Solo <laughs> opened up that Tauntaun with his lightsaber and just shoved him right in there. And man, it was hot in there.
1: He stayed warm, kept him alive. Oh, the problem with tauntauns is they smell worse yeah. on the inside. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's got a tauntaun laying
2: around, um, but that worked for you know, that Pretty worked sure for little. We'll give you some better ideas than uh than opening up a tauntaun and crawling inside. That's This is that's what we're here about. We were talking before we went to the break about drafts and how a draft (laughs) works. Uh, Not to be confused with a fantasy football draft. (laughs) This draft is right
1: or a World War draft. Yeah,
2: this this draft is very much different from that. You said it uh, pretty clearly, and I'll just repeat it one time real quick. Uh, Your house is full of air and that air is either warm or cool or somewhere in the middle. And then you turn on a fan and when you turn on a fan it sucks air out of the house and spits it outside when the air goes out it must be replaced by air it happens automatically we don't have anything to do with that and that air comes from uh the the air comes from the closest easiest source the and if path, that's a, the path of least that's right. resistance now if you have a window that's open for example it's coming from there a door is open it's coming from there um But if you don't have those things, then it's going to find another way. It's going to come around the door, the entry door or the garage door, the patio door. It's going to come through the crawl space, that little opening in the floor where the crawl space is. Uh, It's going to come through your outlets. It's going to come through your light switches. It's going to come from any space that is not sealed. and, And that's going to be most likely coming from an unconditioned space. The difference is, If you are prepared for this sort of a thing, then you have a heat recovery ventilator. And a heat recovery ventilator intentionally provides fresh air from outside all the time, except it conditions the air to be the temperature of the indoor of your home before it introduces it. Right. So if you you have a heat recovery ventilator, then we know where your air is coming from. So build it tight. So that there's not leaks all over the place and then ventilate it right with something like that. Now, that's not what we're talking about right now, but we're just really trying to talk about how you should
1: manage the draft when you have it. You're right. And we should probably talk, we should cover all of the areas in your home that have potential leaks. And it's, unless you understand them, you won't know how to fix them, right? And w- back in the day when they built houses, they didn't even think about this stuff, right? They were like, ah, whatever. Houses need to breathe. Houses need to breathe. You talk to old timers in the building industry, and you talk about tightening the envelope on any building, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't do that. I, uh, I need, my house needs to breathe. And he's right. <laughs> his house does need to breathe. But he's not breathing
2: through his eyelids. Right. He's, he's not breathing through his fingertips. Uh, certainly not breathing through his tennis shoes, right? You have to breathe. The house has to breathe from the place where you want it to breathe right.
1: from. And in most houses that were built in the last, you know, eighty years prior to say ten years, maybe fifteen years ago, when they really started thinking about this stuff in the energy code, uh, houses weren't you, you didn't they didn't build them airtight. So you, in for instance, in a wall cavity, they would drill holes in. For all your wire or plumbing, right? And all of the walls are just, inside of the walls, they're just filled with all these wires that go through the bottom plates, they go through the top plates, they go through the studs and all of that stuff. Well, that does one of, that is two things. First, it's a, a place for the wires to go. But the other thing that happens is air gets sucked through those. If you've ever turned on your furnace or your fans in the wintertime, if you've walked up to a receptacle, And you feel cold air literally blowing through the receptacle. That's because the wire is traveling through one of your plates, say the bottom plate in the wall or the top plate. And on the other side of that plate is a non-conditioned space, like your crawl space or your basement or your attic or your attic. Well, the air in there is cold. So it's drawing air through that space down right down the wall, cavity right out of that outlet mm-hmm. that's exactly what's happening yep right into your living space and what it's bringing with
2: it is all of the dust and the all allergens the allergens and filth. spores from mold and mildew all of that stuff is coming with it because because you don't you don't clean those spaces right those spaces are yeah, and if you've ever stuck your head down oh, in, in crawl space yeah yuck how's that smell right yeah That's exactly right. That's where that air is coming from. And you're breathing that air. And every time
1: you run a fan, that's what's happening. Here's a situation I have in my current home. In my master bathroom slash closet, I have two pocket doors. And those pocket doors were framed uh, right onto the two by six tongue and groove decking that my house was originally built with in 1977 or 67. I don't remember. But it has tongue and groove floors, and those pocket doors are set right on top of them, framed right there. Well, in a pocket door, if you understand how those work, it's just a, a, a U-shape that the door slides in and out of. Well, tongue and groove decking is terrible for stopping air. Right. So Rot with, with the, creases and cracks. In them. the winter time, I can put my hand up to the pocket door opening and it is cold air coming right from my crawl space, right through the floor and into my room. And not only that, it smells like crawl space. It's terrible. Mm. Absolutely hate it.
2: Yeah. And so you find yourself with a situation where you need to determine where these areas are and seal them up. What happens when you seal up all of the gaps in the entire house and then turn on a fan?
1: That's a good question.
2: (laughs) Negative. I'll tell you what happens. All your windows close the door. (laughs) You get this negative airspace in there, and your doors don't want to close, and you get this
1: suction effect. Totally. Well, and you you make a good point. I mean, in in a house built in the 60s, 70s, 80s, it'd be really difficult to seal it up tight mm-hmm. as a drum that's or right. a submarine. I mean that's, it'd be really difficult.
2: That's not really uh that's not really a thing you need to
1: worry about happening. You, yeah. I you mean, can
2: you can reduce it, but you're not going to eliminate
1: it. There are things that you should worry about, however. Uh for instance, if your water heater is inside the conditioned space, inside of your home, or your furnace, or something of that nature, you can seal up your house too tight and create situations where your water heater could blow out or your furnace, the pilot could burn out. And you could potentially be filling that with uh, carbon monoxide, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's not getting that fresh air, which it needs. Correct. So it is possible to have situations where you've created problems If you're really worried about, you can have professionals come over and do what's called an energy audit, and they do a blower door test, and they can tell you how many air exchanges your house is creating per hour. And what that means is it's how leaky, essentially how leaky is your house. And all you're trying to do is get to the lowest possible number, because like Tony said, you want your air to come from a specific place. But if you get down to a certain number, then you really should be looking at ventilating ventilating like with an HRV a heat recovery ventilator ventilator or an ERV an energy recovery ventilator right
2: yeah, this is this is not a weekend project. Uh, this is not something that you you know you just decide you're gonna do it and and you start working on it and get it done. It's it's kind of a process, and you you need to understand it. You know, you need to know where you're what you're trying to accomplish and where you're trying to accomplish it. But all of these areas that we've been talking about where air is coming in, you can seal those up. And if you get to a point where you've gotten sealed up enough, then you need to introduce. The new fresh air. We got to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about staying warm in the winter. You're listening to Tony Corey, your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us.
1: Today in the show, we're talking about saving energy in the wintertime and staying warm. And uh, before the break, we were talking a lot about, you know, leaking air and drafty windows and those sorts of things and, and the reasons in areas where air is infiltrated into your home not necessarily where you want it coming from. You know, you can really get deep into the weeds. Uh, We kind of did a little bit before talking about sealing it up too tight, but um, some of the basic things you can do to really just help the overall feel of comfortability inside your home is air sealing. And air sealing everything that you can without going overboard, really. And what we were talking about before is – Your receptacles or your, you know, inside of the wall, all of that wiring travels through those wall cavities and sometimes it draws cold air in and you can feel it. You know, you can walk up to a receptacle and feel cold air coming out of it. There are products that you can buy. You can take the receptacle out and you can seal it, seal it over with these little foam things. Those work great. And they're inexpensive. They're inexpensive. Easy to do. Another area where you're going to have really bad air infiltration is around your doors and windows. Uh, you can buy weather stripping for your doors. Uh, you can adjust the sill on your doors. That's very important to do as they wear down. Uh, another area is in a window. This is probably a bigger step, but you can air seal around with uh, arid or window and door foam. And it's a little bit bigger step because you have to remove the trim and spray in spray foam around where, say... Old insulation was stuffed. That was a a kind of a thing that they used to do a long time ago. They would take fiberglass insulation and just stuff it in there. And they realized later on that that really doesn't do anything. Well, it's a really good filter. It filters (laughs) filters dirt. That's all it does. Uh, But it does not heat the air. There's one thing fiberglass insulation does really well, and it's insulate. It does not stop airflow. Right. Period. It does not unless it's compacted so tightly that it's, you know what I mean, a solid chunk. Right. It doesn't stop airflow. So what you need for that is a spray foam that actually will seal out the air. And a majority of the uncomfortable feeling that you have inside of a home when you're cold is cold air. That's it. It's cold air, not necessarily the ambient temperature. Standing in front of a a, a door that's open, you're getting that cold breeze. It's really making you cold. So just limiting those areas. Again, with the foam, you can spray foam around your windows. You can spray foam around your doors by removing the trim. If you do it right, you can take it off, pop it back on, a little bit of caulk and paint. It looks just like it did before.
2: It's notable that you're looking for an expanding foam that is a minimal expanding foam or a low expanding foam that's intended for use around
1: windows and doors. If you don't, yes, yes. I know what you're going to say. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Give it. You're you're asking for trouble. Even when they say minimal expanding foam, it's if it's not specifically designed for windows and doors, it can overexpand. And if it overexpands, you're going to bow your doors, your door jams. You're going to bow the windows. And if you have vinyl windows, you could potentially bow it to where they co- they won't even open anymore. Right. So you have to be careful there. Don't just grab the first can of spray foam that you see on the shelf. Grab window and door spray foam and apply it uh a little bit at a time. Uh, don't fill up the gap. Don't just spray
2: it all in there and fill up the gap. Um yeah, you know, it spray- expands. it expands. It expands. Expand. Even the even the bit. minimal expanding stuff expands a lot. Yeah. So you want to put in a little bit at a time and
1: uh, and sure always add more.
2: Yeah, make sure that you don't overdo it.
1: Uh, another area that you can use spray foam is uh, around say, in your lid, in the ceiling lid. Say if you have a single story or on your second story, you have to get in the attic and everywhere where there's a penetration for a light fixture. You know, a lot of times these sheetrockers, you know, they make a big hole to fit around a light fixture. Well, all that's doing is allowing air to get sucked down through from your attic down into the house, which you don't want. So Mm -hmm. you have to get up there with spray foam and seal around all of those light fixtures.
2: Yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, and these are these are larger projects, things that uh, you're not gonna run home and do tonight in order to have a warmer house tomorrow. Oh no, yeah, these are you know these are these are things that you would need to plan out and and accomplish. They are projects that can be done by a weekend warrior, a homeowner, do it or if you will. Uh, but it takes some planning and it takes some time. Uh, another type of a project that takes some planning and some time would be to go up into the attic while you're thinking about sealing around those those light fixtures and uh, take a look at the insulation that's in the attic. Uh, how, how thick is the insulation in the attic? Is the entire attic covered? Can you see bare ceiling sheeting and can you see bare spots where there's not any insulation at all? Or is it stacked up really high and it doesn't look like you know that you could fit anything else in there? Uh, there is an opportunity because a lot of older homes sometimes had blown-in insulation and it's been pushed all to one side or or you know so kids were up there playing maybe and and you push it all to one side of the thing. If it's if the insulation's not up there and thick and covering the entire space, then you get cold spots and uh, that that is another thing that can lead to cold. Drafts in the house.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's all kinds of insulation out there. I mean, there's uh bats, you know, or fill, you know, where they fiberglass fill, there was cellulose, there was vermiculite, uh, there's all kinds of different things. And some of them would settle. So it's a lot of times you'll go in there and say you're, you know, your ceiling joists up there are two by fours or two by sixes. And if you can see that it's settled down below even the height of that two by six. You know, you could use a, a measuring tape and see how much is in there. But I mean, if you only have three, four, five inches of insulation, that is not nearly enough. Right. I mean, you're supposed to have eight, ten, twelve. No, I think it's uh, I think it's upwards of eighteen to twenty inches mm. of insulation now. R38 is what's required uh, for new construction, and I think it's actually getting higher uh, as new codes come out. So. You really want to add insulation and the easiest way to do that is if depending on what you have you can add more fill if it's filled and it's just settled and you want to bring that up to the level of your your ceiling joists and then lay bats on top of that and make sure that you get non craft face. You want to get unfaced insulation. That craft paper acts as a vapor barrier and then when you lay it down say you have a vapor barrier on the paper or on your insulation in the attic. Well, your sheetrock also acts as a vapor barrier. So what you're potentially doing is trapping moisture between that paper and that sheetrock in your insulation. And you're going to kill it. Yeah, you don't want to do that. It's going to reduce its usability. You could potentially ruin it. Right, you don't want to offer that dew point for that
2: moisture that's coming out of yeah, you the never interior of the home. Yeah, let that get right through it and out like it's supposed to. Unfaced, unfaced insulation R thirty eight sounds like a good, uh, sounds like a good number to try to achieve.
1: Yes, Maybe. I do. I do want to quickly say too, if you're you know blowing in insulation, um, you want to make sure that you're careful not to cover up the vents around the perimeter of your house. You know, there's, you're going to have e-vents or soffit vents. They're going to want to air, you want airflow coming through into your attic. Some people might say, oh, well, no cold air will come in there. That's opposite of what you want. Right. You want that airflow coming through in the vents, and then you want it to escape through the ridge or through other venting that's higher up. Mm -hmm. And that, like you said, that'll take the moisture out of the building. That's right. You'd never want to trap it in there. So that is a good thing to have that up there. Yeah, that's a, it's a
2: good circulation of air that continues to go comes in through the eaves out through the top in through the eaves out through the top and that's keeping moisture out of the attic. You don't want moisture in the attic. No matter how much you think you might you don't. Yeah. So you said R38 um is there can you put in too much? Is R138?
1: No, there? you can't put in too much, but you can at some point you're going to be wasting your money. Yeah, and you don't right. want to be doing that. There's no question.
2: Let's talk about some vents that you do want to plug.
1: Yes, not you know,
2: the e vents.
1: Yeah, there's a. You know, it, this is kind of controversial. I feel like because some people say that you should, some people say that you shouldn't. But you know, in the Pacific Northwest, the crawl space is very prominent here, and the, in the crawl spaces, the code is actually written that you have to ventilate that crawl space. So there's these all these open vents all the way around. The perimeter of everyone's home that has a crawl space and it's just letting air flow all around in there but they make these styrofoam vents that plug those holes to prevent air flow from happening during the winter time and i'm i think it's probably a good idea i don't really know
2: well i think that it's different so much because the the attic space is getting the release of moisture from the heat that's inside the house right heat rises which means that's going through the attic uh, not the case in the crawl space. We'll talk a little bit more about that after this break. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now...
1: Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for sticking around with us today. We're talking about staying warm in the winter and saving energy. We spent a lot of time talking about air sealing and insulating your attic. It's It's a really big step. That's probably the biggest thing you can do costs a little bit of money uh, but air sealing and insulating the attic is is huge we
2: mentioned before we went to the break that it was important not to block the eave vents uh, that are in the attic because it's airflow there is important especially in the winter time
1: yes and uh i did want to say too we were talking about the crawl space blocking out the you know the vents in your crawl space but one of the things that i did in my home when i very first bought it i think you know about this I got all of the floors insulated. They had no insulation in the floors. So we had that done. I had a crew come over here. They insulated all the floors. And we also replaced all of our old ductwork. It was just bare steel. All of our HVAC air vents went from the furnace in our garage down into the floor under the underfloor crawl space in just bare steel. It was nothing. So we had it replaced with insulated flex pipe. And uh, I tell you what, that made a gigantic difference in our home.
2: Absolutely. The
1: comfortability.
2: No question. And that old pipe, I mean, not only was it insufficient. Oh, it
1: was falling apart.
2: And inefficient. But it was falling apart. It was a bad scenario. There were yeah,
1: there were literally intersections that were not even connected. Yeah, it was just blowing all of the furnace hot air into the crawl space. Yeah, what a bad deal that was.
2: I think back to that. I remember. Yeah, and uh, and I also can remember, which is so funny, I can remember the conversations that we were having for the weeks and months prior to getting to that point. And you were like, I can't figure out why this my furnace is not working my house is not heating i mean i got that thing cranked up and it's just not getting warm in there oh man and we we rattled some things around in our brains for a while before uh, before you ultimately came to the conclusion that the problem was under the house yeah and uh and i think about i think about now being in your house now and it's so temperate in there all the time i mean it was a world of difference. It was yeah. not a small project by any
1: means. No, and it cost me. I mean, I paid, uh, uh, quite a, uh, I paid a few thousand dollars to get the insulation and the pipes, and we got a new furnace put in because the old furnace was really inefficient. It was the original 1977 furnace. And uh, I, I probably had, I don't know, five, six grand into that project. But I tell you what, my heating bill dropped from around 180 a month in the wintertime to around 110. I said,
2: they don't make them like they used to. And you said, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that was a good one. So we were we were talking about the attic and not blocking the e-vents. It's important that the e-vents are letting air come in and then it's going out the top. That creates this, uh, this little cycle of uh, flowing air in the attic and keeps moisture moving out because the heat from your living space goes up through the ceiling and into the attic, and that heat, when it reaches cold air, wants to become moisture, and you've got to get that out. So that is something that you need to not block those vents. In the crawl space, it doesn't get heated. The crawl space definitely does not get heat. Heat rises, and so in the crawl space, blocking or plugging the vents temporarily during the wintertime, not causing the same problems that it would in the attic so those two situations are very different
1: yeah no i agree um like i said it's controversial i mean i've talked to people that say oh you shouldn't shouldn't block your crawl space vents um i personally don't i've never uh, i've never done it but i know a lot of people that do so i guess this would be your opinion on it i don't really have one
2: well they're the the styrofoam plugs that you buy to put in those foundation vents to keep whipping cold, cold true, wind from true, true, true. going underneath your house are very inexpensive, easy to
1: put in, easy to take out, and in my opinion,
2: doing no harm.
1: Well, here you know, here's actually an argument for them. I I knew people that had uh, bare pipes in their crawl space, and it got really cold, and the wind was whipping in. To their crawl space through the vents and froze and burst their pipes in their crawl space. Yeah, so that can definitely happen if you're if you have uh, an water, older home, older home with water pipes right by those crawl space vents. Mm-hmm. And again, like in my house, I had no insulation, no nothing down there. It's crazy. Yeah, home builders
2: do a really good job these days and have for years uh, of. Bringing those pipes up into the framing so that they're in the insulation and they're protected that way. But years ago, it was not the case. Those those water pipes, galvanized pipes, are hanging right down in the open air. (laughs) They
1: let them fly. They They just let them fly. Yeah, I never understood that. Like they're like whatever. (laughs) They just didn't. uh, They just didn't.
2: They didn't have the the grasp. You know, and it was different. That's we live and learn. That's the whole thing, right?
1: Uh, moving on, you know, here's some other things that you can do to save some energy and stay warm this winter. And honestly, it's as easy as up upkeeping your furnace, keeping it maintained, keeping it clean, replacing the filter on it. You want to change that that filter on your furnace probably more often than you think. Yeah. If you've got those those thin one inch thick filters, you want to change those every month, at least every month. You know, if you got the thicker ones, sometimes you can stretch them for two to three months, but you definitely want to look at them. Yeah, and start by
2: setting yourself up to succeed by going out to the place where you buy your furnace filters. And buy ten of them. And buy ten. And you know what? Set a goal. They're they're not so expensive uh, that it's going to that it's gonna be as much as it's gonna cost you to fix your furnace if you're not keeping it properly filtered so go out and buy 10 and then challenge yourself to use them all before the end of winter right that means you're you're getting out there and changing them regularly if you reach in there and pull that vent out and it's not filthy dirty well put it back and then check it again in two weeks or whatever but but have the filter that you're going to replace it with on hand
1: and that way you won't be tempted to not look at it well and especially if you have allergies uh, and different things like that. You know, you definitely will notice when you pull out that old nasty furnace filter and put in a fresh, clean, new new one. That you're you will be breathing better. Your house will smell better, and you can really look at. There's a lot of different furnace filters on the market now. When you go, there's something called a MERV rating, and some of them are you know they're more expensive with the better MERV ratings. Then you're going to pay a little more. But you're gonna get also get better allergen uh, filtering mm-hmm. through them. So take a look at that. I think it's definitely worth it. I have allergies, so I buy the the higher rated ones for that. So
2: okay. Do you have a fireplace in your house, Corey? I do. I already I, knew that. I never use it. You don't use it. So you probably keep the flu closed all the time. I keep it closed. Absolutely. Yeah, that's another little tiny thing. Doesn't cost anything if you have a fireplace and you're not using it make sure the flue is closed cold air will come through there and uh and it's a simple easy thing just to make sure that it's closed i think we forget sometimes the simplest things and we just sometimes just need a reminder we actually have to take a quick break when we come back some more simple reminders you listen to tony Corey, your weekend warriors don't go away
0: Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest. Pinterest. We're all over the internet now. You can check us out. We're at www.homeshow.com. Our YouTube channel is YouTube forward slash WW Home Show. Uh, we've got tons of really cool videos on there now. Uh, the easiest way to find us is to, to go to par.com. That's P-A-R-R dot com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link. All of Tony and I's information is there. You can email us. We're at weekendwarriors at parr.com. Uh, click on that. So uh, check it out. Before the break, we were talking about... Uh, furnaces, or no, we were talking about furnaces, but we were also talking about the fireplace. Yeah, the flue, leaving the flue open on your fireplace. Yes.
2: I mean, we have it open during the summertime and we don't think anything of it, but in the wintertime, it's It's
1: surprising how many people forget that because you're right. They, or they'll burn, you know, they'll have a little fire in there maybe for Christmas or Thanksgiving or something. And then the following week or month or two months, they just forget all about it. And next thing you know, all that cold air is getting sucked down that flue right into your house. That is a great little
2: tiny easy tip to do. Here's another really cool one that you've got on the list. Uh, Leave the oven door open after you're done cooking dinner. Let that warm air just sort of filter out into the room, right? And if it's cold in the house, It's a really good time. This is my tip. If it's cold in the house, it's a really good time to bake chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) I love baking chocolate chip cookies when it's cold in the house because, you know, there's a couple of things that happen. You're eating warm cookies and the oven is helping to heat the house. I like those. It's it's a a great combination. And you should eat warm cookies with warm cocoa. And so a warm beverage and some warm food that came out of a warm oven is a really good way to cozy up the house on a super cold night. I agree. I mean, I'm just saying. Well, I do love cookies, so. Yeah, me too. Uh, You know what else I love? Cuddling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a pretty cheap thing to do.
2: Yeah, if you've got somebody with you that you can cuddle with, cuddling is also warm. If you don't, a pet, maybe. If you don't, maybe it's time to get a pet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just <laughs> help out the humane society yeah yeah absolutely it's a it's a win-win-win win, win. yeah snuggle buddy <laughs> what other uh, really good ideas have you got Corey?
1: well you know one of the uh, the things that is kind of mid-priced on a way to save energy and stay warmer is to buy a programmable thermostat if you have one of those old style mercury thermostats that you set it and walk away and you got to turn it off, you know, before you go to sleep. If you buy a programmable one, it will save you money because you don't have to worry about it. You set it to turn on when you wake up in the morning. It turns off when you go to work. It turns on when you get home and then it turns off, you know, or turns down. You set it to the temperatures that you want. It will definitely save you money.
2: Well, here's a tip when setting your programmable thermostat if you do go out and get it Uh, we want to be warm while we're in the house and doing whatever we're doing right but we tend to not change it when we go to bed and the fact is you're about to crawl into a bed which is warm and uh, and we probably are using more heat during the next eight hours than is necessary drop that thing down a few degrees i'm not saying turn it off Drop it down a few degrees when you go to bed, and while your nose might be a little chilly, the rest of your body will be warm. And then when you wake up in the morning, right? So set it to come down a little before you go to bed. Set it to come back up before you get up.
1: That's what I do. That I mean, that makes perfect I turn, sense. To I me. turn mine down to sixty-four at night. Wow. I like to sleep cold. Mm, I, like I it can cold. tell. Yikes. Sometimes I'll even uh, open the window. I'll crack the window.
2: Yeah. And you have it. You have it down really low when you're gone during the day as well.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I put it around sixty four. Uh, in here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, it doesn't get that cold during the day. We do have a dog, so we don't want to getting super <laughs> duper cold. But I think sixty four is fine during the day. And then when we come home, we have it set to turn up to, you know, sixty eight or sixty nine degrees. Can
2: you control your thermostat, your smart thermostat, with your phone, your cell phone?
1: You know, I can't. I don't have a smart thermostat, you know, like those Nests or oh, the, right. the Ecobee is another version of that. Uh, those things, I don't have one. I have just a standard programmable thermostat. You just tell it what to do and it does it. Yeah, I set my schedules. I say, you know, Monday through Friday, I want this schedule. Saturday, Sunday, I want this schedule because I'm home differently than the weekends sure, than I sure. am during the week.
2: Well, that does make perfect sense. Then you're not trying to remember to go over there and do it. And when you go up to the thermostat, which is not already doing what you want it to do, you have a tendency to over crank it. You're you're asking for way more than is absolutely necessary because you want to heat it up fast. Well, if you've got a programmable thermostat, then obviously you won't be having those big swings. And uh, that's going to save you money without question.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I'm the opposite, though. I tend to under. Do you? <laughs> and then you suffer for another hour? No, I, I usually get beat up. You know, my wife says, I'm freezing. Turn it up. And I'm, you know, I, I turn it up or I go get some socks.
2: Here's a little tip that can make your thermostat do a, a little bit more or your furnace do a little bit more for you. If you've got a ceiling fan, you normally run the ceiling fan on high, uh in the in the summertime sure. to bro- blow a, a cool breeze across you when you're sweating because it's 110 in your house. Well, here's an opportunity to use your ceiling fan to your benefit in the winter months. Turn the ceiling fan on reverse so that it's actually turning clockwise and put it on low because what happens is the heat that's coming out of your heat registers is rises up to the ceiling. And then you end up with a degree or two degrees warmer up at the ceiling level than it is actually at the floor. So you're actually creating more heat and just kind of losing it up above your head. So you turn on that ceiling fan on low and it will actually, uh, pull air up from the floor. That's the cooler air and force that warmer air, which is at the ceiling now down the walls and down to the floor where you're using it. So it just keeps that warm air mixed around. And it will make your warm air go a little further.
1: Yeah, it does definitely help circulate the air and just make it more comfortable. I mean, if you have in any house, if you have a hot furnace blowing on you, it tends to get uncomfortable. And then when it turns off, you tend to get chilly. Yeah. So if you have that air, that fan on low just circulating constantly, it definitely feels better inside of a room. Yeah. So that's here's a great tip. Here's another
2: one. I've got hardwood floors in my house. You've got hardwood floors in your house. I have actually almost com- every time I do a little home project, I lose a little more carpet <laughs> because, you know, carpet makes me mad. And so I've only got a little bit of carpet left. But uh, in those areas where you, we spend a lot of time, but they're hardwood floors, you know, just buying a rug warms up your tootsies a little bit and makes it feel a little bit more cozy in that room they don't have to be expensive either so you know go out and buy a rug and uh and cozy up that hardwood floor the room in that with that hardwood floor
1: yeah that's a really good tip you know uh we've been talking a lot about saving you know staying warm uh, but there's a lot of things that you can do to save energy around your house too you know for instance led lights you know i I can't say this enough. LED lights are so efficient and they look really good. You know, back in the day when they first came out with LED lights, they were super bright and almost like too white. Blue. Blue almost. You know, they had this really high Kelvin on them and they were like 5,000, you know, Kelvin bulbs. And they just looked really. Made everything look like it was a hospital. Sterile. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Sterile. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Over the years, they've, really done a really good job at warming those bulbs up they look as good as incandescent bulbs and i've switched almost everything in my house to led and my energy bill has shown it yeah well that's so, f-
2: that's for sure the uh the old incandescent bulbs that we were using before definitely heated up and they would heat your house but it wasn't a- an efficient way of heating so this <laughs> yeah. is more efficient we got to take another quick break when we come back more Efficiencies. You're listening to Tony Corey, your Weekend Warriors. Don't go away.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around. Today we're talking about winter time, saving some money, and uh, staying warm. Uh, One of the tips I wanted to throw out that I totally forgot about was if you have radiant heat or a radiator in your house, like if you have a boiler and it pumps hot water through and you have these radiators, don't block the radiators. It makes them very inefficient. Like if you have a couch, you don't want to put it in front of it. Uh, Make sure you have those things clear. It'll be much more efficient. You'll have that heat transfer a lot better. It's a really good idea
2: to keep things from heat sources, uh, at least a a distance away from a heat source anyways. I I have cadet heating, and I have to be very careful when I'm rearranging a room, which we seem to do all the time, uh, to be careful not to get furniture and tables and those types of things too close to the space heater because it it gets hot, obviously. (laughs) totally. (laughs) Here's a really great tip that you had. Uh, in a way to be more efficient or to use your energy more efficiently is install dimmers for oh, your yes. light switches. Uh, because you, you if you need light, you need light. But if you have an on-off switch, then you're getting all or nothing. But using a dimmer allows you to only use the portion of light that you need. And that is actually, it really can set the mood in a room, but also saves energy.
1: Yeah, I have dimmers on everything in my house. I absolutely love it. There's nothing I hate worse than walking in, turning on a light, and having every light in the room just bright. Blaring at you. Blaring, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a a lighting snob. Snob. (laughs) You know, I'm very particular about how I light the rooms. I like natural. I like, you know, low light lamps and things like that. But having dimmers, you know, makes it really nice, like you said, to use just the light you need, the amount of light you need, and uh, not have it just Just hit you right in the face. Yeah. Or I guess right in the eyeballs. Yeah,
2: I feel that. I know exactly (laughs) where you're at. You can tell by the amazing lighting that you have in your kitchen. It's it's absolutely gorgeous.
1: Totally. And they're all on dimmers. They're all on dimmers. So uh, we, let's talk. Let's go over a few things that are a bit more expensive. Okay. I mean, these are these are going to be things that, sure, you're going to pay for. You're going to pay more for them. They're not necessarily efficient, uh, but they were, are going to be more comfortable, and you're going to feel better around your own home. And one of the ones that is big, it's very expensive, is to replace your windows. If you have old single pane or, you know, aluminum windows where they're, you know, the heat transfer is just coming in, they're just ice cold, you know, forming, they get fog on them or even ice crystals in the wintertime, it might be time to replace them. And new high efficiency windows will make a gigantic difference. Yeah. uh, If you have windows that
2: sweat, then uh, your windows are too old. (laughs) To the oldies. <laughs> you need to sweat into the oldies. Sweat into the oldies. You need to replace those windows. Uh, yeah, aluminum windows, old aluminum windows. Not to be confused with newer thermal break aluminum windows that they that have insulated glass units installed in them. Those are good windows, they're more expensive now than they used to be, but but uh old aluminum windows, single-pane, annealed glass, those uh are super super inefficient. And replacing those windows can save you so much money.
1: Yeah, definitely expect to pay, you know, five hundred ish a window installed. Typically, is around you know, kind of the industry standard three to five six hundred dollars per window. Um, I always try. I, I like to tell people be careful. You know, if you get somebody knocking on your door telling you that you need to be you need new windows, and they give you this thirty thousand dollar price. I would shop around. Yeah, I would tell those
2: people, thank you so much for reminding me that I need new windows now. I'm going to go get them affordably. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the used to be the rule of thumb was double the cost of the window. So if you buy a window that's $175, then you can expect to pay $350 installed, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's lots of variables. There's lots of variables. I'm going to get hate mail from from these window installers, but... (laughs)
2: It's true to get a to get a rough budget or a from the hip budget that's not a bad way
1: to be thinking, sure, yeah, I mean, the average window pack you know for most of the new construction houses that we're selling are six grand, yeah, you know, for the average sized house, so I mean you get these thirty thousand dollar prices or twenty thousand dollar price, you know for a window package i mean unless it's Marvin wood, you know, yeah, super double hung windows you know that should not be 30 if, grand
2: if somebody comes and gives you a window bid just have somebody else look at it call a contractor or stop by par lumber company and have somebody take a look at it they'll give you the straight and skinny let you know whether it's a good deal or not true bring it to cory he'll tell you no, no don't bring it to me <laughs> cory's not really a window guy uh but uh, anyway that's good that's a good tip Uh, replacing your windows is definitely way. And then in addition to that, when you replace your windows, a lot of times, if you do use the right windows, you can get a, you can get an, an energy rebate as well, which will also save you
1: some money. Yeah. Sometimes there's some tax credits available there. Uh, you know, taking a step back, if you don't want to spend a bunch of money on windows or you don't have the money to spend on, on windows, but you do have those old single panes, you can buy plastic film. They sell these things in most hardware stores you can buy plastic film that goes up on the window with double sticky tape and you put it on the inside use a little hair dryer and it tightens it up so you can still see through it but what that essentially creates is an air gap it's essentially making a double pane window and you would be surprised how well those work i grew up in michigan we bought those every single year yeah Because, you know, we couldn't afford new windows.
2: Yeah, I would not be surprised because I know that when I walk up to my windows and I just put my hand in behind the drapes, just behind the drapes, and they're not sealed or attached. You can feel that the drapes are blocking the cold air and keeping it at bay, keeping it from being in the space. So uh, I would think that some some nice plastic that's sealed up on the window would do a good job. And that's not expensive. You're lucky your windows don't
1: slap you. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, you know, here's another one is, another big one is replacing your entry door. If You have an old steel or old wood door that you can really see th- cracks around it everywhere. You can replace it with a brand new fiberglass thermatrue door not as expensive as you would think. I mean, a standard entry door, probably less than 500 bucks. For sure. You know, if it depends on how fancy you get it. You can get some glass in there. You know, they are upwards of 3,000, you know, if you want side lights and transoms and I mean, everything's available. Right. Uh, but replacing it with that will make a gigantic difference. The weather stripping, they're filled with foam. So the R value in that door is way higher than any wood door that you're taking out. So that's definitely something to consider if, uh, if you've got an old one.
2: Yeah, we talked earlier also about going up into the attic and insulating in the attic, which is is, is a, an opportunity to spend a lot of money uh, in that case. It, but if you don't have the insulation up there, then you need it. Another opportunity is the crawl space. Uh, a lot of times you will crawl underneath the house and find that that there's not any insulation in the crawl space. It's not uncommon. I'm here to tell you it's not. Not at all. And even if there is some insulation down there, a lot of times it's been ripped down, torn down, it's laying in a pile on the floor, or it's gotten wet and and taken out and hauled away. Take an opportunity to find those areas and replace that insulation in the floor. Missing insulation in the floor or no insulation in the floor is definitely going to make
1: your house a lot colder than it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's another one is to replace your furnace. I mean, these are kind of all things that I've been looking at at my house that I've done. Uh, Replacing my furnace was a gigantic uh, step in the right direction. It was a big, expensive thing to do. You know, you pay a bit for a brand new high-efficiency furnace, but it is so worth it in the comfortability of my home, especially, and my energy bill. When we come back, I've actually got a great tip that seems like a luxury,
2: but it'll keep you warmer. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Tony and Corey, Your Weekend Warriors, and we'll be right back.
0: Tony and Corey.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about saving energy and staying warm this winter because it is cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold.
2: <laughs> hey, right before we went to the break, uh, we were talking, you were actually talking about replacing your furnace which I mean, they do have a life span. And at some point they're going to stop working and need to be replaced. Uh, but I was thinking about something that is a little bit more like a luxury, but certainly would be nice to have. It's something I've been thinking about. How about radiant Heat? In the floors. Oh, yes. I mean, if I'm thinking about doing a bathroom remodel or something like that, and I'm going to be replacing the flooring anyways, I just might spring for some radiant flooring in the heat, in the heat, (laughs) in the bathroom. That way I can put what would otherwise be a cold tile, but with radiant heat underneath to keep my little tootsies warm when I go to the bathroom.
1: Yes. You know, I am replacing. I'm gutting my bathroom. My master bathroom is going to happen here shortly in the next few months. I'm getting it fully gutted, and we're going to put in radiant floor heat under the ceramic tile that we're going to put in on the floor. Because A, there's two reasons. A, that bathroom's in the back corner. It's the furthest possible location from my furnace, and it just doesn't get as warm as I would like it to. It's the neglected room. Well, and so... I don't have high-heeled trusses on my house. So, and it's the very corner. It's the very, very corner of the house. And where the eave comes down to the exterior wall, the insulation dwindles down to nothing. Essentially, at the coldest, coldest spot is the corner of the house. So, it's just, it just doesn't get warm. We actually have a space heater in there that we have to turn on in the mornings. Uh, so, but yeah, so we're going to put in radiant floor heating and it's going to be fantastic. You mentioned that you don't have high
2: heel trusses in your house. Do you have high heeled shoes
1: <laughs> in your closet? Uh, not my closet, but <laughs> uh, that is something. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we should talk we should. about, you know, some, if you're considering building a new home, there's a lot of energy efficiency things that you should be looking at now. Or talking to, say, your architect or talking to your builder when you're interviewing builders. Say, you know, if you bring up some of these things and they you don't they don't even know what you're talking about, maybe talk to another builder that does. Yeah. You know, high-heeled trusses is one of those things that is commonplace now. Uh, but essentially, it's the most simple idea that you've ever heard of. If you think about your roof, you have a triangle shape on that comes down from your peak down to your exterior wall, right? That's That's right. And at that triangle, at the very intersection of that triangle on your exterior wall is, I don't know. Well, the the frame is, or the
2: truss is framed out of two by four. So there's three and a half inches of bottom cord and three and a half inches
1: of top cord. Yep. And you can't go too much higher because you, you can't cover those vents, you know, your, uh, Your air vents or your your ventilation through the soffits, Mm -hmm. e-vents. So essentially all you're doing is you're raising that height up to give you enough insulation at the very exterior of your top plate. Because like we said before, you need like 20 inches of insulation. So you're going from 20 inches of insulation across your entire house. Until you get to the coldest part, the exterior wall. Down to six. <laughs> yeah, down to like three inches of insulation. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, R15 or R10 at the exterior wall where you definitely want it to be higher. right? So high heel trusses is one of those simple, stupid things. It costs about $200 to add it to your the price of your trusses. And, which is nothing. Which is nothing, which makes it... You know, your house, the energy efficiency around the perimeter of your home, huge. Absolutely. I,
2: there are so many things like that when you're thinking about new construction, things that you could take into consideration and potentially get installed, which will make your home more efficient going forward. And you're not even thinking about it right now. I feel like one of the things that that I would want to do in my next home that I'm having built would definitely be on-demand water heating yes an on-demand water heater i feel like they're so efficient and uh you're not having to deal with that big old clunky uh water heater you know that big tank or you can take a 25 minute shower or that well yeah yeah, that's the that's the uh the opposite of energy
1: efficiency
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's the frosting that's the uh the lipstick there
1: uh, you know another thing that you can do. You know, talking about insulation factors. You know, high heel trusses in your roof, but what about your walls? You can actually uh, build houses now, or you could. Al- you could always do it, but it's becoming more common to build your exterior walls out of two by eight, and not the standard sixteen inches on center. You they would go twenty four inches on center, and it sounds crazy, like people construction world, we have come to, you know, it's very common to just build 16 inches on center. Well, it's not always necessary. It's not always required to have 16 inches on center. And it may seem, oh, they're cheaping cheapening it up and saving wood, you know, by spreading those, you know, wall studs out. But the fact of the matter is, a wood stud is about R1, per inch. <laughs> Not very much. Not very much. So if you have a 2 by 6 exterior wall stud, you're R6 from at that very stud. So if you have R6 every 16 inches versus R25. R25. Everywhere else. Everywhere else. By stretching that out, you're decreasing the amount of R6 areas right. in that wall cavity. Absolutely. So it actually makes a lot of sense. You can't always do it, but having 24 inch on center wall studs is a pretty good idea. That's a great idea. I agree with that completely. More insulation. Another thing that you can do to
2: add insulation is to add a sheet of foam insulation on the exterior of your home underneath the siding without, uh, you know, without going with bigger studs in order to add a deeper insulation, right? You can add a sheet on the outside. Um, just added insulation,
1: always a good way to go. And that, you know, yes, that is uh, becoming more commonplace these days, but it does add a level of uh, sophistication to the wall framing, mm-hmm. right? You, complexity. The Yeah, thank you. Uh, a level of complexity, especially when you're talking about your windows, because you can't just nail windows on to foam. And you can't just nail siding on to foam. You have to either put on thin enough foam and you have to use long enough nails. It just, it just adds, sometimes you have to buck the windows out. It just adds that complexity to it so they really have to know what they're doing. You can't just slap, you know, in right. inch of foam all the way around your house and call it good.
2: Planning for it ahead of time, but it is worth it, in my opinion. I agree. Hey, it's a thermal break. Yeah, it is a thermal break. Here's another one. Open web floor trusses and uh, for the for the second floor and even for the main floor open web trusses which allow you to run your ducting and your water and all of your other piping all inside the floor which is ultimately going to be a conditioned space
1: yeah you know it it always seems silly to me that you have your furnace out in your garage like my house for instance my furnace is in my garage and it runs into my cold crawl space Across the entire house mm-hmm. and then back up. Mm-hmm. Or in your attic, you know, say you're trying to cool your house with air conditioning and you're running that, you know, 70 or 65 degree air conditioned air into your 120 degree attic. <laughs> yeah. Just seems ridiculous. Yeah. So one of the common things to do nowadays is to build uh, either, like Tony said, either open web trusses or really deep eye joists and cut the HVAC lines into that floor system. That way you don't have to worry about it. It's in that conditioned space. If it does leak, well, guess what? It's going back into your house. It's not that big of a deal, right? Because sealing up an HVAC line is pretty tricky. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's another thing. Uh, if, you
2: have, or if you're have, if you building a new home and you're wanting to be super efficient, um, an HRV or an ERV, which we've talked about during this show, coupled with a mini-split ductless heating and cooling system.
1: Yeah, like a heat pump. Yep. They're highly efficient. They're, you know, they heat and cool in the area that you need them to. It's a really good option for heating and cooling in a home.
2: Yeah, it really is uh it, it takes out all of those um blotchy sort of warm and cold areas and keeps a constant temperate inside the house which is just
1: very comfortable and absolutely amazing yeah. these all of these things do cost a little bit of money just like installing solar panels it's my last one ah it's a good one yeah solar panels
2: are good i mean it's a it's an investment but it's always a good way to go that's all the time we got folks thanks so much for tuning in have an amazing week this is another episode of your weekend warriors right here on the weekend warriors radio
1: network have a great week